0: Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing. Transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is the Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer. So, hi, everyone, and welcome
1: to this new uh, episode. And, uh, I'm really excited today because, um, we are here with, uh, Merav and Jason that I've known now for, I think, uh, four or five years. Uh, I met Merav originally in the Sacred Valley in Peru, uh, where I went to do, a uh, tobacco dieta with her. And then a few years later, I met Jason, uh, who does the similar type of work. And for the past two years, we've been bringing them here on the land at the sanctuary to offer plant diets, tree diets, and so today we are going to talk a little bit about this concept or this idea of sitting with plants, uh, kind of do a meditation with plants, entering in relationship with plants, and what is this dieta about? This very ancient practice. And we are going to focus a little bit more about the tobacco data. Uh, many of you, I'm sure that listening or all of you that are listening have heard about tobacco. Maybe you're thinking of cigarettes. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking that kind of things, but we'll kind of want to demystify that a little bit and explain you the difference between a cigarette and working with a sacred plant like tobacco in its original form. And we'll also be talking about the tree dieta, working with, with trees and had the uh, amazing experience uh, last year to sit with the oak tree uh, from one of the tree of the land here. And I have to say it was one of my most profound experience. Uh, and it was quite mesmerizing in terms of healing and wisdom that I received. And so I will open the subject about those local trees and local plants that are maybe not as exotic as the one we find in the jungle in Peru or in Brazil that are literally growing in our backyards here in the Northeast or in America. And now they are probably even more relevant today than they were before in returning um, to our connection to the land, to our connection to ourselves. So Miraf, Jason, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you here. So met. before we we start, and just want to mention that both Marav and Jason are in the in Peru right now in the Sacred Valley. They they just finished a, a dieta, so maybe we'll got some little snippet of wisdom they just got from this last dieta. But I would love to start by asking you about how did you get into this work because it's quite. Uh, different maybe from what people think about working with plant, you know, working with dieta. I don't know many people I work with tobacco. In fact, I think you are pretty much the only two people I've met in my 10 years or 15 years in Peru. So what brought you to that plant specifically? And, and yeah, what, what transformation, I guess, you got from those initial connection to that plant and I'm going to start with you Mirav and if you can tell us about it and then Jason if you want to to follow with it.
2: Uh, I arrived to South America I think it was 15 years ago and because of a personal crisis I experienced in my life Um I was in deep depression I lost my mother to cancer and Uh, In a very short time, also my best friend had passed away from cancer and another friend, and I was faced uh, with disease, death, loss, and I really didn't know how to deal with that. And In that time, I lived in Amsterdam, and I was working a lot with dancers, doing video dance, and I was invited to do a project in Santiago, Chile, And um, from the first days I arrived to Santiago, Chile, I met people that were talking to me about shamanism and about ayahuasca and were telling me that uh, drinking ayahuasca will help me in my process. So I found myself uh, traveling to Peru, to Iquitos, to the Amazon jungle, uh, to drink ayahuasca and Yes, for me, ayahuasca was the gate to this world, uh, to the shamanic world and the world of plant medicine. And through ayahuasca, I came to to tobacco. I was uh, drinking in different retreat centers. I got to know that there is such thing as uh, plant diets and that there are people that are actually dieting tobacco. And the tobacco is very different than ayahuasca. And um, I was intrigued. I didn't know what it was. Um, And I was connected with uh, my present teacher, Ernesto Garcia Torres, that is based in Iquitos. I went to his house and I started to work with him. And... Within a few days, I really felt so different, so grounded. I felt like I felt like there was a veil that was lifted from my face, and I really felt like I found the medicine of my heart. And I ended up staying. I ended up staying in his house for for three years, dieting tobacco and tobacco with uh, different trees from the Amazon and. I find myself doing a full apprenticeship to become a tabaquera, even though it was not my intention when I came there, uh-huh. my intention was to heal myself. But oh. yeah, fate just brought me there.
1: Yeah. I always find it fascinating that all of people that kind of embrace that past didn't really call it in some ways or oh, i consciously said oh this is what i want to do this is what i you know i want to become a tobaccoer i want to become a medicine person but somehow people go through a hardship they find some healing there and some of them the plants kind of ask them to stay and to be of service um, and it seems a little bit what happened right because you haven't left that world since then obviously
2: no uh, my life changed like 180 degrees, my life changed completely. Um, I never expected that this, what would happen. <laughs> I, I lived uh, a very different lifestyle before, but yeah, there was an invitation from the plants to to continue. There was a feeling that I really found my path. I found um, my home.
1: Mm. Really profound. I just want to ask one additional question and then we'll we'll talk to you, Jason. But in terms of resistance, because I'm sure there was a lot of question, right? When we do 180 degrees in our life, there is, you know, our own internal fears and resistance. There's also the pressure, right? From families, friends, the systems around us that might think, oh, is Mirav okay, right? <laughs> What's happening with her, you know? Because it's such, you know, a different place, a different way of life. So what was there one or two resistance that you want to share and, and that you had to deal with in, in that process? Because I know that was not obviously overnight where you just say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, right? There's, there's a lot of shedding that happened.
2: No, there was a lot of resistance that was coming um, for me. I was creating a lot of obstacles on my way. Uh, Personally, for me, it was from a place of Mm. self-worth. I was feeling the diets. I was feeling all the gifts that the plant spirits were giving me in this diet, both physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, gifts that we receive also in the spirit world. So we can do this type of work. And to my surprise, what was coming up for me was um, this place of lack of worthiness. Like, who am I to to step into this role? Uh, Who am I to receive that? Mm. And this place, I was creating a lot of obstacles in my way. Uh, in some point, um, I lost my credit cards, my wallet, my business, uh, my place of living, and it came to it that I was in the street in Quito, uh, feeling too proud to connect to contact my family and to tell them that um, I'm in need of help. And somebody because I was concerned that they wouldn't understand my choices and mm. the path I was taking, as I was really deep in it, it was difficult for me to articulate what I'm doing mm. in a way that people that are not experiencing this world can relate to it. Mm. Um, so I end up living in a restaurant and uh, I was a cook in a restaurant in the main plaza, in Plaza de Armas in Iquitos find a job and I was also living in the restaurant and that was going on for uh, for several months until I had enough money to do the next dieta and the next dieta was a game changer for me Mm -hmm. that really put me on my path gave me a lot of clarity and gave me a sense that I understand (laughs) more what I'm doing and I can talk about it Mm. and get the help that I need to complete my process.
1: Mm.
2: But yeah, um, sometimes there is this idea that if we are drinking the plants, we are going to be great. Uh, (sighs) But often, from my experience, the plants bring out to the awareness our core issues to deal with. Uh This is part of the process of doing this uh, initiation, becoming aware of that and and dealing with it yeah so challenges will come
1: yeah yeah well we're going to talk more about that because i'm really interested about that i think there's, you know so often this idea that healing is about just pure liberation right we we access that state of bliss and (laughs) and for many of us that have been on that path for a very long time we know it's a little bit more of a wavy road right uh (laughs) sometimes quite stormy ocean and uh it, it doesn't always feel like this is just this liberation right because there's so much yes. that we have to confront in ourselves. so yeah thank you for sharing that so jason um i'm sure your story is very different and I, i'd love to hear a little bit about how did you find tobacco or how, how did he find you i think it's probably more the the better question <laughs>
3: Yeah. And I I guess in some regards, um, something similar to Murav and and as we're all different, uh, different in some ways too, but um, I think from a young age, I I was really actually interested in things like spirituality and shamanism. Uh, I was very fortunate to travel with my father and he was very interested in kind of indigenous cultures and these kind of far outside the the Western kind of worldview cosmovision of, of cultures. So I think even from a young age, I, I, I had that in my cosmovision and in my worldview of seeing things from a different way. And, and so there was always this questioning. Um, I think even these like very big questions of, of what does it mean to be alive? What is our place in the earth? What is spirit? What is God? Um, also growing up in the U.S um i was a boy scout and eagle scout and and a big part of that was uh i think these these principles of of freedom and liberty and and also drawing in a lot of native american uh, traditions Mm -hmm. of of their cosmovision of connection to nature appreciation of animals and life and and also plants and and so i think from a very young age i I was aware of this reverence of of a lot of North Native American uh, groups with tobacco and that was also a bit confusing for me because for example my father smoked and I I hated it I couldn't stand it <laughs> it was one of the worst things he would like drive in the car with you know smoking a cigarette and I felt like I was suffocating and I mean, this may give my age away a little bit, but I remember riding in airplanes and, and you could smoke in airplanes and it just I oh, yeah, you know,
1: forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we could <can't> do that.
3: <laughs> and it was horrible. It was it was it was atrocious. Um but I, I I think i I began my own process of 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 searching to find answers for these these questions I had. It, it led me to martial arts. It led me to yoga and things like Tai Chi and Qigong and um just studying i remember i i lived in new york and in new york city and i didn't have all so much money at the time and i would just go to these used bookstores and just devour like every book i could find on different spiritual traditions and and really seeing the commonality of them and so i think that that started a, a for lack of a better word maybe spiritual practice but it, uh, I remember feeling like th- there was something that these spiritual traditions were pointing to that that whatever practices I was practicing weren't putting me in a direct connection with what I was looking for they were they were in a way maybe getting to them but in in, in a more superficial way and I felt like I was lacking this direct experience of what they were speaking about and that's where that idea of shamanism uh, really began to speak to me. It also led me on, on a big trip around the world and and without going into too much more detail, beginning to explore that. But uh, finally, after having lived in New York City for a long time, I was also suffering in a way. I... I I, I knew I needed to get out. I mean, it, it literally got to the point where I felt like if I stayed any longer, I was going to die. Mm. Whether that was physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, probably all, all three of them. And at that point in my life, um, ayahuasca started coming to me. And, and that may sound strange to people, but uh, to people who maybe have experienced that, it doesn't sound so strange. And it, it really felt... uh like the essence or the spirit of that plant was reaching out to me and it just started appearing in my life in more ways. And and at that time, it there, there wasn't like now where you go on the internet and there's testimonials and literature and centers there, there really wasn't much information. So... Uh, At some point, I I ended up in the Amazon um, because I I really wanted to work with a a group of people who had a a deep knowledge of that. And I ended up with a group of people called the Shipibo people, which Hmm. many people may have heard of. Um, And even in the Amazon, they're known for having a very deep knowledge of working with ayahuasca. And through working with ayahuasca those initial experiences really gave me what i was looking for it gave me that direct connection to to god or to spirit to, to something beyond my ordinary worldview, and it gave me that in a very very profound way and that's also what led me to to want to continue that work to really go more in depth and to learn how are these people doing the work that they're doing because it was so profound to me. Um, I realized that they were doing a lot of work with tobacco, um, and I also realized this this um, this concept of doing a plant dieta of going in isolation, really restricting oneself, and and spending time with this one plant. Um, so, I ended up doing a number of dietas with the Shipibo, and then serendipitously, uh, I ended up… Um, I mean, early on, I had heard that tobacco was a plant that could be dieted. It was also one of these plants that was considered a master plant. And interestingly, it didn't happen with the Shipibo, but kind of through this serendipitous process, I, I uh, heard of this, this guy who Marav mentioned, who became both of our teacher and i went to meet him and uh he's a very interesting uh human being um but but there were certain qualities about him that that i really resonated with and 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 i had a deep sense that i wanted to work with this medicine of tobacco with him and um that first dieta i did with tobacco was extremely strong i mean at that point i had taken ayahuasca many times i had done plant dietas uh, but that process was the strongest process I had done up until that point. I, I remember very clearly that the first three or four days, each each night when I drank, uh, I thought for sure I was going to die. It, it was that strong. Um, so it was. It, it took quite a bit of courage and. <laughs> um, yeah really just courage for me to continue that that dieta uh with, with with being faced with those challenges um but then after that diet um i had a really profound sense that something changed and and i i couldn't necessarily put my finger on it uh it wasn't like a vision or something that was super clear it was more a sense of being and and not only did i notice it in myself i noticed it vis-a-vis other people and and how they Interacted with me, how they related to me, um, and I knew something very profound had changed. And and so, at some point, uh, once the that that fear of dying again uh, began to wane, uh, I decided to go back and continue that process. And much like Morav said, I, I never had the intention to to work with that medicine uh, or, or really to serve any medicine at all. Um, it was just a process of of doing that work for myself and then eventually uh, people came and asked questions or or maybe wanted ceremony and and that desire to to be able to help to to give from what i had learned was was present And, and i started doing that and i guess the rest is history as they say
1: yes yeah thank you what a what a beautiful story yeah, I I like that both on your on your path, you know, you didn't really like heard about it and say, Okay, I need to do that, right? There was something that really led you there and somehow kept you there uh all those years after. So let's let's talk a little bit about tobacco because we you know we've been talking about it for a little bit now. And I think every time I've mentioned to people that have done a diet with tobacco. And people ask me what is it and i explain a little bit the process which is you know to make this very strong tea with it uh, type of decoction and to drink it people are like you're drinking this um and because people when you see tobacco they think cigarettes right they think uh oh it's something you smoke and that create cancer and all those health issues so Um, Maybe let's continue with you, uh, Jason, and then we'll we'll shift to Mirav. but can you tell us just a little bit about that plant? Um, And so people understand also the difference with, you know, maybe the cigarette that they might think about when we're talking about working with that plant.
3: Yeah, um, I I mean, I think in a really broad sense, uh, plants are medicine. And, and throughout human history and every culture around the world, in general, one of the main, if not the main medicine for for people throughout history was working with plants. Uh, even in our Western pharmaceutical model, uh, the, the majority of pharmaceuticals are plant-derived. And mm. and even today, if they don't come from natural sources, they're synthesized to mimic the the, the qualities of plants. So plants have always been medicine. And... I think part of a lot of the cultures we come from, there's a real disconnect to medicine. We, we, we look at at a pill, for example, and we think that that's medicine, this little white, uh, you know, pill. But we don't necessarily understand what it's doing. Where did it come from? What's the essence of that? I mean, sadly, in a similar way, I think Angel, when when we spoke, we were talking about this idea of of even like children. Many children in the cultures we come from don't realize where an apple comes from mm-hmm. because the disconnect is so strong. Um, so in a broad sense, one could say that all plants are medicine. Uh, all plants, if you look around, they they have their their chemical, their alkaloidal structure, and they serve some function. And, and really the job of a medicine person or a doctor whatever your, your cosmovision is, their, their job is to begin to understand what the medicinal properties are of the medicines they're working with. Um, for example, tobacco is a plant. A lot of people, that may sound silly, but a lot of people don't even think about it in that way. As you said, they think about a cigarette, uh, a process version of of uh, of what a, a plant is in its original form. And... Um, if you look at tobacco, most likely it seems it originated in the Americas, in in the quote unquote New World. Although that's maybe a whole other topic to get into, yes. <laughs> because it's it's Taking notes not that. new at all. Um, but uh, you know, certainly for for a large part of history, the, those two those two hemispheres were separated, and and tobacco really grew and thrived in, in the Americas. And traditionally, uh, tobacco was considered, as as we mentioned, a master plant, which which means a plant that really works on these three levels. It it has physical healing, uh, it has mental emotional healing, and it also uh, works and connects us in this realm of spirit, Um, which, again, is not a crazy idea. It's an idea that every group of people throughout history, no matter what culture you came from, They had a very deep connection to spirit or to God, if if that word uh, resonates more. Um, And if you look at the history of the Americas, tobacco was actually the most widely used medicine plant out of all of the the pharmacopoeia of of the forests and the jungles from the tips of Canada all the way to the north to the the southern tips of, of Chile and Argentina. It was the most widely used medicine plant. So I think one, you know, to disregard that that ancestral or indigenous wisdom or knowledge is is quite crazy. It's it's quite um, it it speaks to maybe a certain worldview where we think we know better than than other people, um, and and so that idea of tobacco it, it was a medicine, and like any of these strong medicines uh it, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of knowledge to realize how to work with that plant. And again, that's not a super foreign concept. When when you go to the doctor or you go to the pharmacy and you, you get a prescription for a drug, there's often a whole list of side effects or, or there's a list of other things you shouldn't take that can be a, a counterindication. I mean, I think unfortunately in the even in the US now where, where you're at, Angel, and where I'm from, um Pharmaceutical drugs are now the third leading cause of death, um, heart disease and cancer are one and two, and then pharmaceutical medication is the third leading cause of death. And um, I think what that shows is that that these drugs can be very strong, and and it's the same with with what would be considered master plants, things like ayahuasca, tobacco, huachuma, San Pedro, uh, coca. Um, all of these plants are very strong, and it's really important to work with them in a way that that honors the strength of the medicine, that honors the tradition, the stories. So it, tobacco is a really interesting plant in that there's a number of ways you can apply it. Often when we think of, of medicine, we just think that there's one way of taking it. Maybe it's in the form of a pill, or maybe it's drinking You know, chamomile. You would drink it as a tea, and that's just how you would work with it. Tobacco is really interesting in that there's various ways you can work with it. The, the, the one that we're most familiar with is smoking. Um, but that also wasn't always the case. For example, when the Europeans and the Africans first came to America, that wasn't the most common way. Um, even you know the, the country you're from, Angel, France, it was a real phase for a long time when they discovered tobacco. It was actually taken in the form of snuff, so it was a powder. And all of kind of the elites of of the the royal court would kind of sniff their tobacco and and get this effect, kind of this high, and it was deemed very very favorable. Um, one of the qualities that, that a lot of Western physicians uh, found favorable when they discovered tobacco was this idea of extracting phlegm. Uh, tobacco really draws a lot of phlegm up, and in, in that worldview, uh, phlegm was considered where we we held a lot of illness, and so tobacco was very powerful at drawing that out. Mm-hmm. So in the in these ways, there, there's different ways of of applying tobacco. Like there's, for example, that powder, that snuff. And in, in indigenous cultures, it, it's often could be referred to as, as rape or hape. And often it's applied through a tube in a very strong way. That has certain benefits. Uh, It can be smoked as well, although interestingly, traditionally, smoking was not the most common way. It was one of the ways it was worked with, but it wasn't the predominant way. Um, It could be boiled down to a paste, and that paste would be licked. Uh, If people can see, my teeth might be a little bit green. That actually comes from a a coca leaf uh, mixed with tobacco. So that tobacco is called ambil, and it's a paste. It's a very concentrated paste. And and one can can work with that. Tobacco can be chewed. Um, it can be applied in different ways. But like most plants uh, or most medicine, the strongest way is to ingest it. So as you said, it's it's made with a it's mixed with water, and then it's ingested into the body. And through taking the plant that way, uh, we really begin to develop a deep connection with it. Um, You know, it's also probably no coincidence that that I think also tobacco is the third most widely grown plant in the world behind wheat and potatoes. Um, Like many of these medicine plants, people, whether they realize it or not, are are having an effect from working with the plant. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, tobacco, as you were mentioning, most people have this, this relationship with it with cigarettes. And without going into too much detail... Um, the, the tobacco that's used in cigarettes is is highly processed. Um, for one, uh, often a lot of chemicals are used in it, so you're also in, in ingesting those pesticides, those herbicides, those fertilizers. Uh, the, the way the tobacco is processed is not how it was traditionally processed. It's processed with fire, so you're also absorbing the, the source of the fire, which is often like propane gas or something, into the leaves. Um, and it's a byproduct of the tobacco that's used for other processes, so it's often the stems or the parts that that aren't considered so favorable in in, in other tobacco uses. And then on top of that, um, whether you think it's for for good purposes or nefarious purposes, there's something like six to eight thousand chemicals added to every cigarette. <laughs> so when you're smoking that cigarette, you're you're also smoking and inhaling. A, a tremendous amount of chemicals that that are known carcinogens. They're known to cause cancer. They're known to be harmful for the body. I, I think most people realize now, even kind of with the organic food movement, that ingesting all of these added chemicals is not healthy for the human body. And so, it's no surprise that after prolonged use of, of working with tobacco in this way, with all of these chemicals, there's there's going to be deleterious side effects. I mean. You know I, I often kind of joke and, and maybe it's not that funny because the the consequences are real but but it, i often think it's amazing cigarettes don't kill more people if you think about the amount of of mm. chemicals that people are ingesting on a regular basis it, it's really amazing that, that, that they're not killing more people and that could be because there is at least some some <laughs> tobacco product in those um so I, I guess that's a little bit about the history but i, I think the the thing to remember is that the tobacco was and still is considered a medicine, and a medicine of the highest order for these cultures. That actually, their their societies and and their actual cosmovisions, their their way of looking at the world, tobacco was an integral part of that. It, mm-hmm. Many of these these societies have these stories, which which can vary some, but at their essence, they're quite similar. And it's this idea. That God, that spirit, that source, actually gave these master plants like tobacco. Uh, source gave humans tobacco. Uh, in 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 one story, it would be said so that humans could dream like God dreamt the universe into creation. and And there's often that metaphor with tobacco that it's very much putting us in the dream space. It's putting us in that space of connection, of a connection to source, to truly be able to heal our bodies, to bring our bodies into alignment, to heal our minds, and to develop this connection to source, which has the ability to to truly teach us, to, to teach us about the truths of of nature, of the universe, and as many indigenous cultures say, the truth of who we are and, and where we come from. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you
1: for, for this reminder. And... uh Yeah, you're right. I mean, intuitively, we kind of, I kind of feel when you're talking about it, that definitely what's causing cancer and cigarettes is really not the tobacco plant, but everything else that was added, right? Because also that issue came more recently, as we invented the cigarettes, Why it was not something that was known uh, to indigenous people as causing uh, that type of uh, illnesses. Um, So, so Miraf,
2: we've forgotten the ceremony of tobacco
1: yes yes i think this idea of relationship right i think you know jason you you talked about that, that there was a relationship to the plant there is a there's a connection to it an understanding that is coming from thousands of years of experience that allow to work in the proper way with that plant You know, often think of, you know, we have a lot of foxglove plant growing here in the wild in New York. Um, It's called the digitalis plant. So it's a highly toxic plant. I mean, one leaf of that plant can create a cardiac arrest. That plant has the property to be also extremely beautiful and the bees love it. So I usually let them grow on my land, Uh, but it's the primary source for medicine for the heart. And that plant is cultivated, you know, in that way. Uh, And we've learned through Western science how to use it, right? And native people knew that and they were using it for heart disease. Uh, They knew that this plant, you know, could kill you potentially if you take a lot of it. Like pretty much probably everything, right? If you were to eat even just corn every day and just corn (laughs) for probably many months, at some point you might get sick. But they found a way to be understanding that plant and find what were the properties and what were the benefits. So Mira, I want to turn to you and talk a little bit about that tobacco dieta, working with tobacco. And you you're just coming out of a of a dieta with some people that came to to sit with you and you're doing this dieta pretty much all year long. Uh, in Europe, in Americas, uh, pretty much all over the world, I want to ask you a little bit about what are the reasons why people would want to sit with tobacco, what kind of are the main property of tobacco, the type of maybe illness or problems that people are facing, and yeah, what is the process of sitting with it? So go a little more detail about that the why and the how of that work with that plant.
2: Well, tobacco for me is uh, teaching us how to walk the earth. It's a very practical plant. It helps us to overcome obstacles, to ground ourselves, to collect um, to collect ourselves in the places where we escape to spirit, when there is a difficulty to deal with emotions, with trauma in our lives. Uh, It connects us with with the dream space. Tobacco is a dreaming plant. So it connects us to the subconscious. Uh, Through the subconscious, we can see where we focus our energy. We can get more in touch with our our belief system, Mm. uh, where we hold things. Uh, So, yeah, in Mm. that respect it's really it's a really it's a super practical down to earth plant that can help us um to live our life with more courage with more integrity with more presence uh the process of the diet its goal is to um to create an ally with uh, with the plants with the spirits of the plants that we are uh, dieting to create a relationship mm-hmm. with this plant and so to have an ally uh, in the spiritual world an ally that is with us all our life and we can always reach out and connect and receive the support that we need um from the from the tobacco or the tree that we are dieting with the process of the the dieta um, it's between seven to fourteen days, in which time um, the dieter is sitting in isolation and is drinking a tea of the tree of the tobacco every day. Uh, every day um, he's connecting through the dream space um, and learning and healing with the plant, So tobacco can be useful for people that feel they they need more grounding in their life. They need more direction. They need more clarity. Uh, Part of the process that we're doing in the dieta is collecting fragments of the soul that are left behind uh, as a result of trauma unprocessed emotions um and so bringing a sense of more wholeness and presence to our life um so in that respect can be good for people that suffers from depression mania depress- depressia uh, any kind of trauma um bronchitis uh, tobacco cleans the the blood uh, the lungs, um, the liver, and in general, it's a it's a powerful tonic for the body. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think what's interesting, you know, and I think, I don't know if people know that, but tobacco is not part of the psychoactive world of master plan, right? When we think ayahuasca or peyote or wachumas or uh, magic mushrooms and many of those master plants have those psychoactive effect, right? When they kind of take you through portals into the spirit world and potentially also your subconscious uh, part of your body so you can access the states that you usually only access through dreaming pretty much. But tobacco doesn't do that, right? Tobacco is much more for grounding being in the body, being in the soma, physical experience, and yet it has a very important spiritual component of transformation, right? For people that are lost, that want to find their path, that want to find clarity, maybe they have trauma. So can you talk a little bit, I don't think I ever had this conversation, in fact, with uh, any of you, but this aspect of non-being psychoactive, but somehow still for me, even being the one of the most profound spiritual experience I ever had was with that plant that just brought me in the presence of myself in my body in a non-altered state of consciousness. Now we can discuss: is it really non-altered once we eat a plant? But it's definitely not a psychoactive plant. So can you talk a little bit about that, Mirav? And also Jason, if you want to add on that, it's very welcome
2: um so i feel that uh, it is changing your consciousness expanding your awareness but in a different way um it opens it does it opens your channels um to receive information um but in a, in a very grounded way, uh, it's like all your senses are, are opening and attuned. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a greater uh, presence in, in the body.
0: You're listening to The Sanctuary Podcast with Angel Deer. While you're listening, browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com. Yeah, I remember being, I think it was with you, Mirab,
1: about my first dieta, just being, you know, during the day I was resting, I was just sitting in your garden and there was this just butterfly that came by. And it's almost impossible to put in words what I experienced, but there was just this direct connection with that little flying insect there. And it just landed in front of me. And I think I spent just five minutes in communication with it. But in the same state as I am right now talking to you, like in a normal state of consciousness, I was not, you know, kind of dreaming or high or on drug or anything, right? I was just present, relaxed and felt that potent medicine of this butterfly washing through me. I mean, it's literally, I don't have much words for it. Uh, but for me, it's one of my strongest a memory of that first dieta you know i still remember it we're talking years later that really shifted the way i could see that because we're so busy with our lives between social media and the news and just all what's going on there's just so much noise i realized that for once like on my vipassana meditation retreat right on other place where i've been to really silence my mind when I get to that place of deep silence, I could experience true connection. That is, I believe, there all the time. I just can't access it because of what's going yeah, on.
2: Yeah. Yes, it is this uh, this deep sense of presence and being able to to listen, mm. just to be there, just to be and to listen
1: feel like the medicine for time. And Jason, do you want to add anything about that idea of, you know, there's all I feel. And I think I mentioned that in the previous episode, you know, there's a lot of people uh, being called by master plans. But by what I call the loud ones, <laughs> the one that are, you know, very loud. And here, when we're doing dietas with tobacco and then we're going to talk about the trees, it's something much more quiet. It's about subtle voices. It's about simplicity. It's about slowing down, which I feel, to me, I think is why it's the medicine of the future because that's really what we need. Uh, and that can feel very counterintuitive, I think, for the people listening that might have gone to plant medicine ceremony that are the loud ones. And then trying to understand, okay, so what is that connection? Well, what is happening when this master plan tobacco is in me, or I'm in connection with it, what is it that I'm remembering here? What is it that I'm connecting to I and mean, I don't know if we can ever answer that, but what's really happening there compared to the loud ones, the psychoactive ones. Or the famous one right maybe tobacco is not as famous as the other one at the moment
3: <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a really good point um and and there's different ways of looking at it i i, I think for me really all plants are, are psychoactive in a way and that they're 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 changing our consciousness and it's also this idea that I think we have a fixed idea that we somehow are stable. I mean, we even use it in in the language of, of we, we call this reality. <laughs> um, and in this more shamanic worldview, kind of, as I mentioned before, this idea of the dream, that, that God dreamt the universe into creation. Um, and it's not just like a Amazonian shamanic worldview. It's, it's a very Judeo-Christian worldview as well. In the beginning was the word, there was God. uh, And God from the unmanifest created the manifest. Mm -hmm. So it was through that volition, through that desire, from the oneness coming into duality that that the world was made manifest. And uh, so the the, the dream state is very important. And from the shamanic worldview, it's a little bit of kind of the opposite of how many of us think about reality, how how many of us think about health. For example, we often, if we have a physical ailment, we look at the root of that on the physical level. That's so why you often hear this idea that, that maybe there's a chemical imbalance or things can be reduced to, to the physical level and that's where the root of the ailment is. And mm-hmm. For some, that, that may be true. Um, I think in a lot of the western model we also now realize i think even if you talk to 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 a really good allopathic doctor they would they would acknowledge that there is this idea of a mind-body correlation it's also why we have the the, the field of psychology or, or psychiatry is we do realize that we can we can have disease of the mind and by disease i mean the mind isn't at ease it's not whole it's not in integrity um and that that can cause problems, uh, that can cause ailments. And so I think even from a lot of the Western model, we realize there's a mind-body connection. What I think a lot of these shamanic uh, traditions are pointing to is that there's also a third level, which is the level of spirit, this idea of, of that creative force, that, that idea of, of the oneness that eventually is split into the world of duality. And often when you look at things through that cosmovision, it's that a physical ailment is actually the end result of a chain of events that starts from the top. So when there's something that's out of balance in the realm of spirit, eventually that's going to affect our our mental emotional well-being. Uh could be depression, anxiety, certain phobias, uh, belief systems, uh, tendencies, habits that we have. And eventually, if those are kind of left to run amok, and there's not something that's that's coming in to balance those, eventually we'll have a physical manifestation. Um, you can see this very clearly in, in a cosmovision like traditional Chinese medicine, where every organ, there's an emotion attached to it. And the idea is that if that organ becomes imbalanced, it's a, it primarily there was an emotion that was out of balance. And so it's a little bit looking at things uh, from the opposite way. Um, and so going back to your question, we often look at this reality as if that's all there is. Um, but from the shamanic worldview, they would actually say that the primary reality is the world of spirit which is often we can access it through the dream space. The dream space is a gateway to that. Or through these very powerful plants that that put us in, in touch with that space, which is why it's often referred to as non-ordinary states of consciousness. It's not states of consciousness that we would normally be in, in our in our day-to-day lives for good reason. If we're driving a car, we can't be in a non-ordinary state of consciousness. If we're making dinner, uh, if we're playing baseball, if we're we're doing these daily activities, we need to be in what we would call this world, this this reality where we're subject to the laws of nature, to, to time, to space, to gravity, um, to entropy. Um so you know, I think it's also interesting is that the more the brain is discovered, the, the more we see that that our brain is is in very different states throughout the day, too. Even what we would call waking reality, we traverse through very different brainwave states. Every night when we go to sleep, we're in a highly, highly altered state of consciousness. The vast majority of people have zero awareness of their body which means for all intents and purposes, their body does not exist. That's kind of crazy because we say this is reality. And yet in that reality, our body doesn't exist. And yet we know when we wake up our body, we come back to our body. Our body is born again. It's Mm -hmm. there. And there's a memory of that. But in that dream space, uh, a lot of other things are open there's a lot of other possibilities things like time and space and distance don't have the same meaning so one of the things these plants are doing is giving us access to what could be described as those other states of consciousness other dimensions other states of being and it, i think by that definition tobacco is is highly psychoactive but as you said it's maybe not psychoactive in the way that that we think of psychoactive plants often when we think of psychoactive plants we're thinking of maybe something like ayahuasca or san pedro and those definitely alter our consciousness in in a very profound way in, in a way that we can really point to and say wow i'm in a very different place mm-hmm. some of that also has to do with dosing often the way those plants are worked with in a ceremonial context is they're they're specifically trying to induce those states of consciousness. But they don't necessarily have to be worked in that way. And as you mentioned, the idea of the dieta is working on these more subtle qualities. As you said, a big part of the dieta, of that that period and process of going into isolation, is a slowing down. It is kind of a a reversion or, or a going back... From the physical body to the more mental, emotional state, and eventually to the state of spirit. And a lot of healing begins to happen that way. So, in the Dieta, we're not trying to necessarily induce an incredibly altered state of consciousness, because one of the things we're trying to do is to allow people to integrate the knowledge that they're receiving into this waking state, this state of reality. Often what can happen, and a lot of people may be familiar with this idea of, it's very popular now, this idea of integration. When someone, for example, goes to an ayahuasca ceremony, people now realize it's very important that you can integrate that. Integration is this idea of making whole, of, of bringing these parts together. And if we just have this profound experience, but we're not able to integrate it, then it just becomes that. It becomes another passing experience, a fleeting experience. But we need to be able to root that into our lives. And that's what the dieta is doing. It's taking us into a more subtle layer, so that we do have the ability to integrate that into our lives. That's also one of the real strengths of tobacco, is it's putting us in a state where we are in that dream space, we are in that altered space, that space of spirit. It's often said that we have one foot in that world. But we also have one foot in this reality and so in that way we're able to traverse those two spaces so that we can hopefully bring that knowledge in that moment into our lives it's why the dietic it's often very physical because the medicine is going into these places in our physical body where we're holding on to disease we're holding on to illness and then that brings up various mental-emotional components, uh, aversions, uh, wanting to push things away, fears like like I experienced that fear of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that brings up uh, history, traumas, uh, belief systems. Often, as we begin to traverse those levels, we get closer and closer to this level of spirit it's often when there's a relaxing and easing a, a letting go a, a giving in a molding a flowing with these experiences that then we become open to receive information from plants from source so i guess part of that you know one big thing is is the intention that you're working with the plant Certainly, you can dose tobacco in a way that will put you in a highly, highly altered state of consciousness. Uh, for example, I spent some time with the Mátsés people. Uh, they, they use uh, what they call is nuna, and it, but in Spanish it would be rape or hape in, in some Brazilian traditions. But they take the powder and they shoot it into your nose a really long tube with a lot of force, and it's very strong medicine, it's very fresh, it's bright green, which is very different from uh, the way many people may practice it. And they do it 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 times on each side. (laughs) By the time that's over, you're in a full-blown out-of-body experience, you're in other worlds, other dimensions, but they're applying it in that way to induce that experience which is a very different way than the dieta is working. It's also important to remember that in general, when we're dieting, we're not dieting tobacco. T- tobacco is a medium that allows us to have a deeper connection to the world of plants. In the same way of ayahuasca, so sometimes people will, will say something like, I want to diet ayahuasca. You you can, but it's not very common because again, the way ayahuasca is worked with is much in the same ways of tobacco, is it's a medium that allows you to connect deeper to the plant. And in in the way ayahuasca is seen, it, they would say it allows you to see. It allows you to see how the plant is working. It allows you to have a deeper understanding of how that plant is working with you. And it's the same with tobacco. Tobacco is the medium that allows us to to fortify that connection. To, to really be able to go into those three levels of the plant, to really be able to, to to feel and experience it on a physical level, to really be able to go into the mind and how the plant is working on the mind, and to be able to go into that realm of spirit and to receive the teaching of that plant. It's why tobacco is often called the food of the gods. Or uh, certain people would say that plants like the spirit of tobacco, that the spirit of tobacco feeds the plants. It's like it gives it energy, it gives it power, so that we can connect in these more kind of non ordinary states. And again, much like you described, even though that subtle experience you had with that butterfly was seemingly in this reality, there was something deeper about this reality that you experienced, something that you didn't necessarily experience in your day to day lives. And that's a really common experience is that when we go into this, we're able to connect on these more subtle levels. These levels that are really all of there, but just as you described, they're blocked. As, as Marav was saying, it's like lifting the veil and seeing the world as it actually is. Or because we're so distracted by our thoughts, our beliefs, by social media, by the news, by obligations, we don't have the ability to, to really see, to really connect on these levels that are always there, but that they've, they've been covered up. Um, you know, an example of that is 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 like the the spectrum of light. Um, we're only able to see a very small spectrum of that light. And yet with our more scientific tools now, we know that there's more to the spectrum of light than our eyes are able to perceive. Mm-hmm. And there's different tools that we've developed now to be able to perceive those. and And so essentially, that's what diet of working with plants and augmenting that through the medium of tobacco is allowing us to go into
1: yeah yeah thank you i think it's a it's a beautiful analogy obviously you know i often think of that when i look at a flower and because i'm a beekeeper and i have bees and someone made this beautiful book about how bees see the flowers right the, the rose and the dandelion and the plantain flowers and when you see it from the eye view of the bees it's a whole different flower because of the frequency of lights that the bees can see in fact and that's quite fascinating you know some many flowers have kind of landing strip on their petals with arrows to show to the bee where to go where the nectar is so which led you know a lot of evolutionary people to say well the plant really have domesticated the bees and they have evolved to make sure the bees come and do their work and reproduce the plants and it's not the other way around it's not really the bees (laughs) that has evolved to kind of take care of the plants but the plants have this very ancient very powerful uh, consciousness in many ways and they have literally put places on their flowers to Show the bees where to go, and it's only visible to the bees because it's only relevant to the bees. How does the plant know that the bee sees it, and we don't? That I don't know, but it's quite fascinating to me to show this level of consciousness of the plant and this evolution that they have. And we can think sometimes I think the same way of those master plants that have evolved in a way to call us in and to guide us in knowing exactly what we need to see and how to show it to us. And, you know, we're getting more and more spiritual realms here, but I think that's things that we can't yet explain. I don't know if we'll explain it one day, but that is very real for anyone that works with the plants the way you do or, you know, the way other people do. So I want to kind of transition this last part here, talking about the trees, Uh, because very often in those theaters, we bring trees so we diet tobacco with another tree i remember i think my my first tree was ayahuma and then i dieted which is a tree from the amazon and then i dieted it with oak tree so tell me a little bit about what is this idea to kind of start dieting tobacco with a tree and how that is brought into the diet I think many people have heard about tree dietas or plant dietas, but here we're talking about really mixing them together, right? To 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 use that bridge, I guess, of the tobacco, that connector of the tobacco to bring that connection to those trees and a little bit, yeah, the the concept of it and how it works in, in plant dieta or in tobacco dieta. Looks like did, did we lose Murav? <laughs> yeah, I think for people listening on the podcast, Murav is
3: not there yet, but if she's coming back, we'll bring her back in. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it, it it goes back to this idea that, that plants are medicine, and and that that every plant has its own medicine. Uh, many plants were were familiar with their medicine, um, even in the cultures we come from. It, you know many people listening to this may may come from european cultures for example <clears throat> and there's still <clears throat> excuse me there's still a very deep knowledge of the medicinal qualities of a lot of plants um before we we were with you angel we were in ireland and and that was very fascinating um and it's something that that has really Begun to inspire me more, which is also connecting to these more European or Native American traditions. Um, and in, in Ireland, you you had the Druids and you had their language, which was called Ung And you know, th- th- there's some maybe controversy on this, but but it seems like their their entire language, uh, every letter in their language, corresponded to the name of a tree. So, for example. <clears throat> The oak tree, which you mentioned, uh, that, that you had worked with, in, in in that language, it's called dur, which is where the English word door comes from. And and that's often very symbolic because the door was made of oak, one, because it was very hard wood, but mm-hmm. also because it symbolized the, the shamanic nature of that oak tree. Is it was a door into our consciousness. It was a door into our home, our, our literal home, not not just the the literal structures that that you know we create around us but the home that that is who we are Um. so there's a lot of wisdom in these traditions and a lot of knowledge of the medicinal qualities of plants so usually when when we do a dieta we're doing a dieta to as marav was saying build a relationship to one of these plants um we may be looking for physical healing Uh, so maybe we have a certain cancer or maybe we have hemorrhoids or maybe we have a a heart arrhythmia or maybe we have irritable bowel syndrome i mean whatever the list of of potential physical ailments are then we may diet a plant that's going to be very healing for that physical ailment we're dealing with and As I was saying before, very often there's a mental emotional component. So while we're dieting the the plant and we're receiving a physical healing from it, it's also through the medium of tobacco going to take us into that mental emotional space. And we're going to have to also potentially see what's correlated with that. Uh, Where we may be holding on? Uh, Is there something we're angry at? Is there a a relationship we have in our life that's not serving us or that's out of alignment? Uh, What is the relationship of our parents? Uh, What is our worldview? You know, all of these things can begin to come up. Mm And then there's this third component which is what we would call the shamanic realm and, and and that can seem very strange to people but it's this idea that the spirit or the essence of the plant is beginning to teach us it's beginning to to teach us its medicine which is completely unique uh, just like every human being is unique every 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 plant is unique every plant has its own medicine Um. so <clears throat> You know, recently I actually just came out of a diet of dieting a tree called hawthorn, uh, which many listeners may be familiar with. it's often used uh, as it's often considered like the king of heart remedies. So many people who have really high blood pressure or have heart arrhythmias, or also very interestingly in this time, uh, myocarditis or pericarditis. Uh, Hawthorne is an amazing remedy for that on the physical level. Um, it's a diuretic, it, it gets the, the internal waters moving. um And <clears throat> So, how would you look at that on the shamanic realm? All of these things are correlated. So, for example, this idea that Hawthorne is related to the heart. In the dieta, things may come up related to that. Maybe certain anger we have, certain resentment that that we have, we're forced to go into that. On an energetic level, this opening of the arteries, because often uh, heart disease, there's a closing, there's a constriction of the heart muscles, there's a closing of the arteries, which increases the pressure. So as those begin to, to relax, to dilate, there's a flowing, there's a flowing of blood in a more shamanic, way of looking at things you could say there's a flowing of energy life begins to begin to flow again these areas where maybe there was blocks in our lives uh, a certain fluidity begins to be created Um, interestingly hawthorne was was often um in 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 a lot of those cultures like the Druidic culture it was um it was always grown next to the sacred wells where they said sacred water came from so in a shamanic idea there's this 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 aspect of water and all of the healing aspect that water brings again this flowing quality this vitality this this feminine energy this life-giving energy and um, Hawthorne, it it blooms its flowers in the month of May, which is correlated to the springtime, which is correlated to the energy of air. Um, If people are maybe more familiar with some shamanic paths, like for example, in the Shpibo tradition, they speak of a lot of medicine having this quality of Niwa, which is this element of air, and that that's how... Uh, certain medicine is transmuted. Certain diseases can happen. So, in a shamanic realm, it's taking us into that realm. It's taking us into the the, the element of the earth because the, the 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 tree is growing from the earth. It's rooted into the earth. Um, it's also in in that aspect of air, the the branches are moving to the heavens, they're moving towards the masculine, the spirit. and so we're we're potentially taken into that realm. the fire aspect, which is often correlated to the heart. Uh, you know, there's often an excess of of heat, of fire energy, which again may be correlated to to anger, to resentment, to hatred, towards judgment um. Hawthorne, interestingly, in those traditions, was also associated with the fairies. So there was this 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 idea uh, that it had this magic associated with it. Uh, the word hawthorn in in Druidic is huas. That's that's where the English word hawthorn comes from because the tree has horns on it. Uh, interestingly, one of the other physical things that hawthorn is good for is these kind of sharp pains in the body. And in a shamanic level, they would say, well, that's what's represented by the thorn, much like acupuncture. It's going in and it's beginning to release these, these physical things, these pangs, these pains that we're holding on to. Um, this idea, the, the word hwath actually means fear or awe. So there's this also this sense of duality. Um, you know, often even like in a Christian sense, we, we speak of the fear of God, uh, which could also be the opposite, which is the 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 awe of God, standing in awe, you know, prostrating ourselves at the 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 magnificence of 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 the cosmos, of creation, of that creative force. So potentially in the shamanic realm, Hawthorne could be taking us into that, into that duality, into those realms of fear, into those realms of awe, filling us with that sense of magic, filling us with that sense of possibility of, of things that are beyond our 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 normal day-to-day life. And, and then conversely, the opposite of that, the fear or, or also the respect, uh, you know, that's really important with any great power, with any great knowledge, there has to be a respect for that. That's also where that idea of like black magic comes from if we don't navigate that or if we don't have a true respect for it or, or an understanding or having done that work ourselves that magic can become harmful not only to us but to other people too mm-hmm. so you know there's this duality to the hawthorn uh there's it's why people have a lot of respect for it they they, they tend not to cut it down uh, because they're actually afraid mm-hmm. <laughs> that if they cut it down the fairies are going to come and chastise them or maybe even kill them but, you know, so the point of all of this is in that in that those three levels, uh, there's always a correlation. All of these mm-hmm. things are related. It's not that they're separate, that there's there, there's a there's a thread, there's a weaving that ties all of these together. And so all of these trees have their own medicine. They have their own personality. And so we diet a tree uh, based upon what our needs are. Um, do we have a physical ailment we're dealing with is there something going on in our mental emotional component are we depressed Uh, do we lack vital energy um or you know are we suffering from something and then in the realm of spirit what is it that we're looking to learn and and so we we're, we're usually giving a plant to suit what what's going to be best for that person The reason that we usually work with trees, it doesn't have to be trees. There are some plants that we prescribe that aren't trees. They they may be Mm -hmm. small bushes. They may um, be—I can't think of the word in English—but it's kind of like between a a bush and a tree, like um, like undercover tree, like those yeah, something kind of like this. Mm -hmm. And those have strong medicine too. the The idea of trees is, is that throughout history they've really been this symbolic bridge between as you were saying what we call this reality and the realm of spirit you know the the tree is very interesting because it's it's a mirror image of itself um the roots and the trunk, or the, the roots and the branches are essentially the same. One is going into the earth, into that that idea of the feminine, uh, and the branches are reaching towards the the, the spirit, the father, the heavens. Uh-huh. The trunk represents that connection of this world of the earth. Uh, you know, trees are also very symbolic. They they provide us medicine, they provide us shelter, they provide us fruit, they provide us flowers, and and. You know it's often this analogy of caring for your dieta or caring for your tree in the beginning you really need to nurture it to give it water to give it light to give it soil but eventually when that tree grows it ends up giving back which is also this idea of reciprocity the more we give to it in the end the more it gives to us it begins to give us its medicine its shelter its, its fruits its flowers um, and 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 trees are, are really strong medicine it, it's something we've really forgotten about um I, I was reading a really interesting book the other day of I think this uh, Austrian woman who moved to New York uh or maybe it's New Hampshire I can't remember but she was in the woods like really remote and she was wondering like how did these indigenous people live in like such a harsh environment like in the winter where it got so cold and it came to her that they had a very deep relationship with these trees. The trees were providing them medicine. They were providing them what they needed. Uh, the acorns, the, the, the food, the, the medicine for, for their ailments, the, the materials that they needed. So it was an integral part, not only of their lives, but of their cosmovision. So, so essentially that's why we diet trees. And, and again, the tobacco is a tool, is an aid that really helps us to deepen that connection, which is why it's much different from just, you know, drinking, for example, chamomile tea, which is going to have certain therapeutic benefits, versus dieting chamomile through the medium of tobacco, which is really going to allow us to connect on all of these levels. Mm. Yeah, thank thank you for that and made me want to diet
1: hot on now after the <laughs> the long description you gave. And we have couple of beautiful one here on the land and uh always been fascinated by that tree uh and i always knew there was something kind of mystic about that tree it just looked quite different and there's something special about it um i want to kind of wrap it up here and um mirav i'd love to to ask you a little bit about so we we've been doing those dietas every year here at the sanctuary. We we planning to do one next year, and I know you're doing them all over the world and I would like to, to ask you, uh, kind of in, in wrapping up this, this talk today about who should come to this. I mean, we talked a little bit about, yeah, you have some elements on that. So is there something that this medicine, I mean, I guess because there's so many trees really can address everything, but, you know, people are always thinking, oh, shall I go to do a retreats in Peru? Shall I do uh, an ayahuasca ceremony? Shall I do this or that? Here we are talking about a modality of dieta that is quite different, right? Because it's extended mm-hmm. time. It's seven, 10 days, 14 days. Um. So who is, uh, we should feel cold here. Maybe people just listening are like, oh, this is what I want to do. That's usually what happened. Uh, and is there also a thing where you think that's not really what this dieta is about? Like maybe, you know, other type of modalities or other ways could be better than the tobacco. So kind of the plus, well, I should do that. Or no, that's not really that for me. You know, it should be something else. Or... Or does it just answer basically any intention which is my my experience also with many of the spent, right depends really of what we're coming to seek
2: definitely it's a it's a challenging deep process so you should a person should have uh, an intention coming to do this dieta and this intention is something that you will remind yourself as you are going through um, the challenges that the diet will bring. So yes, you need to be motivated to come. Um, I feel that tobacco is for anyone that wants to to do deep work, to get to know himself or herself better. Uh, to connect uh, with the spirit world and to start from a very <laughs> grounded down to Earth place, like to build to build a stable base. So wow. um, tobacco is teaching us to walk the earth. So when we do the other plants and we are starting to work in other dimensions. So flying, we we have like this this strong uh, base. To build upon,
1: yeah, I think you told me that my first or second dieta says so this is uh, rebuilding the the basement of your house, right? The foundation of your house, it and is. then the trees are going to be the additional floors that you additional build on.
2: Floors or rooms uh, mm-hmm. in your shamanic house. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah, I like that. I like that. um something we didn't talk about maybe we want to i want to close by a little bit of magic uh not that there was no magic you know talk today but very often those trees bring gift beyond yeah. just our you know physical healing emotional healing spiritual wisdom but sometimes they bring gift for our work of service and i'm talking here more for people that might be doing that type of work in different type of modalities. But could you both, and I'm going to let you kind of uh, share here, you know, whatever you want to share, but talk a little bit about those magical gifts that the trees bring to us when we do diet with them.
2: Um, On a practical level, if you're talking about people that work in the spiritual world, tobacco is is the ultimate protector. So uh, it gives us this strength when we are entering the spirit world to support our clients as they are doing their healing process. And also there's a lot of benefit of inditing trees with tobacco in that respect because the tree gives you from his strength, his trunk, right? Mm -hmm. Like the metaphor of the the strength of the trunk. So it gives you... um, Protection and as you are entering, you have strength, and you are you can walk with more uh, sense of um, that that you are protected, that you are held as you are doing your work uh, during the process of the dietas. People can discover their personal talents, whether it is uh, their talent to work with a pipe or to sing. Uh, to channel Icarus, uh, to see people's energy. Uh, They open their senses to be able to diagnose and and feel the energy of the person that is sitting in front of them. And in the course of the teachings that Jason and myself, we offer, we give like a lot of classes to reinforce that um, with the people that are working with us. And there are there's other stuff like receiving weapons from the plants or receiving gifts like uh, invisibility in the spiritual world. For example, Um, some trees have armies that are going to be at your disposal as you come to fight uh, in the in the spiritual world, helping your clients. So what we will call um like very negative energies in the spirit world, they can come in a form of uh monsters, demons, and we can see this uh in the people that are coming to diet, and part of the work we are doing is is to help us, to help them to overcome these, these monsters, these demons, these low entities
1: that
2: mm. right? sometimes occupy them.
3: Hmm. yeah i think also you know it's interestingly i spent a lot of time working with shpibo and and their word for ayahuasca is uni and and the way that that's often translated is this idea of knowledge and i i think it's much more closely related to the greek concept of knowledge where where they had two words There, there was a knowing that uh, could be read in a book or taught to us, or you know, some something that's taught in the world of form, that's that's taught in the world of humans, and then they had a, another word for knowledge, which many people may be familiar with, which was called gnosis, and that was a direct experiential knowledge that was beyond the world of form. Uh, in, in this kind of shamanic cosmovision, it, it came from source, it came from spirit and they would say that that knowledge was 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 a higher form of knowledge because it was actually more real it it, it wasn't in the world of duality it wasn't mm-hmm. um, it wasn't something that could be taken away it wasn't something that we could read yes it's true in a book and then two days later read oh wait it's not true in another book <laughs> Um, it was something that was true in an ultimate sense because it was a direct transmission and it was something that came from the inside. and so it's true for us and it's it's a deep experiential knowledge and uh, so with that idea of, of, of who should come, I, I think it's really ultimately someone who feels that call. They, they they feel somehow that this work or these plans could be beneficial to them. They may not understand how or why, but kind of like I described at the beginning, there, for me, there's this calling to work with it. I, I didn't know how that would manifest, but that calling was very real and, and I couldn't ignore it. And for each person, their their experience, their process is going to be very different and because we're all very different. We all have very different life stories, different paths, different wants, desires, different gifts. And so the, the plants really work with us, with who we are and, and where we're at. Um, the majority of people who come to diet aren't going to end up one day serving plants, um, but some may. But the the real healing, the, the, the real teaching is for that person to, to really, as I mentioned in the beginning, to better understand who we are, where we come from, so that we can really walk this earth you know, in a beautiful way, in a way that's respecting ourselves, respecting others, respecting life, knowing our place in the cosmos, knowing our, our place in relationship to, to, to our family, towards nature, towards animals, towards spirit. Um, and that helps us to walk this world in a beautiful way and, and in whatever way that is for us, it, it, it may be woodworking. (laughs) It, it deepens our sense of, of finding the beauty in that art and in the beauty of the wood. And, and even literally, you know, the, the relationship with the trees It it could be for someone with dance, deepening their relationship with dance, with that movement, with that flow, with that partnership, uh, it could be you're ceo of a company and and it it begins to to develop and and deepen your understanding of the work you do to do it in a way uh, that's that's even more beneficial than the way you were doing it more beneficial to more people um you could be a teacher and it, and it helps you to express yourself better it helps you to express <clears throat> or maybe see things in a different way which is is very very powerful because then your words have more power because you're seeing them from a different angle you're seeing them from someone else's point of view you're seeing them maybe from a higher point of view and it gives it more power so the the dieta I think is really a process of self-growth of self-transformation of of self-knowledge and and then and then being able to take that and and really apply it to your life and in whatever way is ultimately going to serve you best
1: Thank you. I think that's cover every person on this planet, right? That needs self-care and self-growth. Um, thank you for this beautiful time, uh, Mirav, um, Jason. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're just coming out of a dieta, so it's a lot of talking <laughs> right after probably a time where you've been quite inward. Um, Yeah, thank you for sharing this wisdom. And really, uh, for anyone that is listening um, to this, or been watching us here, um, check out the work that Mirav and Jason are doing, I will be sharing the link uh, below this video and below our podcast, where you can also check the calendar of the sanctuary if you're nearby or want to come in the Catskills and and check out this work when they're back next summer. Thank you everyone. Wishing you all a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you, Marat.
0: Thank you, Jason. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Sanctuary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism, and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter. Again, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. Till next time, this is The Sanctuary Podcast, and Angel Deer signing off.